It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. Now a man is seen walking towards the officer's SUV, but the deputy's SUV investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired multiple shots while the two were parked. multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Madam Speaker, my colleagues, my fellow Americans, I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. As far as the allegations of the CIA hacking the Senate computers, nothing can be could be volatile, and I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. And now, here's CD Media's host of Information Operation. Welcome back to Information Operation. Today we are extremely lucky. We have three uh, professionals, former warriors, or still warriors, I may say, and service academy graduates to talk about what's going on in the military and specifically in the service academies, Air Force uh, and Navy primarily, and we'll also get into West Point. Today we have Lieutenant General Bishop, Rod Bishop, who was the third Air Force commander in Europe. We have Scott Sturman, who is a 72 Air Force grad, I believe, and uh, a former practicing physician, and Tom Burbage from the US Naval Academy, who was a test pilot, and I'll let you tell us what you're doing now, Tom, because I, I forgot to ask you, but uh, the, the article that came out recently on critical race theory uh, at the Air Force Academy, which one of the instructors was uh, shown to be promoting it actively in the classrooms, uh, I think was a game changer as far as waking people up to what's happening uh, in our service academies, and especially our beloved alma maters. And, uh, I'd just like to talk about how what your thoughts are on that. We'll start with General Bishop. Uh, go ahead, sir. Well, my thoughts are um, along the lines of an email that went around last week was it never ends. Uh, it started, uh, you know, less than a month ago with a video that appointees uh, sent to us with many of them wondering, gee, am I really going to the right institution? Uh, is the academy really for me? And that for the, your listeners, since they can't see the video, um, as one retired two-star wrote me a note, there's very much indeed an expectation that anybody coming to the Air Force Academy had better be a Black Lives Matter supporter. And then it was followed by a book uh, that was given to every single uh, in-processing basic cadet uh, written by George Taki. Well, I didn't know who he was, but my wife did. And when she read the article, she jumped out of her chair and I was in a phone conversation and she says, stop, stop, look at this, look at this. And uh, I said, well, you know, maybe it's a good book. She said, no, you don't understand. And so after the phone conversation, she sent me all of this background material on George Taki. Some of our members uh, went out and uh, 
<clears throat> bought the book and reported that it seems to be uh, a book aimed at educating young in-processing cadets that America is systemically racist. And then follow it with, I think, was a surprise to all of us because we, we've looked hard and we've been digging and we've been asking the cadets. So that article that came out yesterday, the day before, on the existence of at least one class where they're actively teaching critical race theory was somewhat of a shocker. I got a phone call yesterday morning from Lieutenant General retired Mike Gould, former superintendent, and now head of the AOG, and his comment to me was, this is gonna make that Black Lives Matter video look like a, uh, a walk in the park. Yes. <clears throat> so that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, I'll, I'll turn it over to the other guys, and then we can talk about what we're doing about it. About Tom, uh, at the Naval Academy, you've uh, had very similar issues with, uh, you were involved in one legal case recently, but to get, get us up to speed on what's happening at Navy uh, in relation to the same issue. Uh, thanks, Todd. Um, yes, I was involved, and my group was involved. I have a group of about 50 concerned vets slash alumni that um, all graduated around the time of the Vietnam War, all served um, some for careers, some for less than that, but all went into some sort of leadership or combat role. And we were really kind of uh, ignorant or, or not really aware of what was happening inside the service academies, very much aware of what's happening in the schools. And I guess we shouldn't have been surprised that some of that was matriculating up into the service academies. But but uh, as we did the went through the legal case that you referenced, um, we got a, a pretty unflattering glimpse into what was actually happening at the leadership levels in the academy. Whether it's right or wrong still remains to be seen because we're not as tied into the to the university itself as as Rod and his team is. Uh, we don't have the you know the three star access uh, yet. Uh, we're working on it, and I have a briefing coming up with our class officers uh, that actually are very closely aligned with the service academy, and uh, we're going to go through our our discussion with them then. But, but it's more than just whether somebody's teaching CRT as a formal class. I don't, I don't know if you can go into the Naval Academy and sign up for CRT 101, and there's a professor who's designated to teach that course. I don't know that yet. The, the first glimpse I've had of that is the article that you referenced. But I can tell you from what I've seen that there's a culture that's being developed inside the school body that seems to be very much influenced by that ideology. Um, more separation than unity, more, you know, uh, sort of the the, the, uh, the racist mentality has sort of inculcated into the school as far as we can tell. When you look at the, the, the bodies uh, that are associated with service academies, whether it's the incoming enrollees that Rod mentioned who are being influenced before they get there, or the current midshipmen, which, by the way, is about a four-year period of your life, and, and if you think about the 12 to 13 years before you get there and you think about the 40 or 50 years after you get there, it's a very small part of your life. But most of us that have gone through that, which all of us have, sort of feel like that 5% of your lifetime may have been the most influential in, in your lifetime. And so that's sure. why it's, it almost carries a, a, higher, a higher level of concern than almost anything else that, that we're all doing. So I think that's why you're seeing the you know, the, the rallying of the, of the, particularly the alumni and the vets, um, you know, against what we see happening, which is, is clearly going to influence the warrior culture as we knew it and grew up with it. Yeah. So right now we're trying to get better aligned with the school. Let's find out what's really going on in there. It's a little hard to do, 
um, oversight groups that have responsibilities for for looking at those kind of things don't exist. You know, the Board of Visitors phenomenon was all terminated. Hopefully it'll be reinstated. The Congressional Oversight Committees that are also have some responsibility are starting to ask the right questions. So there, there's a there's a groundswell of support that's growing about it. One of the things that gets thrown back at me a lot is, well, this is coming from the top. You know, this is being force-fed down from SECDEF and the White House and things like that. So we're just going along with it. Well, that's not good enough for us. You know, it's, yeah. it's just not good enough. That doesn't mean you can't challenge it and can't say it's wrong. And, and I think you're seeing that on a lot of fronts right now. Well, the Nuremberg excuse doesn't work in this example either. No. Uh, you know, the just following orders. Uh, Scott, what are your thoughts on the article and what's happening at USAFA? And you've had some experience with West Point as well since our West Point representative uh, was not able to come today. Yeah, Taki's article, I thought, was, or the, anyway, the, that the base cadets would be exposed to Taki's article, I thought, was quite con uh, concerning. Uh, think about this. I mean, you have a lot of young men and women that are steep in civilian life that are being first introduced into the military. And the first thing they see is a cartoon pamphlet written for the 12 to 17-year-old age group that talks about another blight on American culture. The dean of uh, USAFA actually uh, made a statement lauding the choice of this particular uh, resource for basic cadets. My question was, if Japanese internment is an important issue, and I don't mean to downplay that, why not highlight someone like Daniel Inouye, mm -hmm. part of the 442nd, highly, most highly decorated group within the history of the US Armed Forces, Congressional Medal of Honor winner and senator, who basically overcame all these odds to become a great American. That's the message you want to send. And when the dean will go ahead and say that Taki's book is satisfactory, I think is appalling. Now to get on to the, uh, the, uh, the article in the Washington Post, uh, the uh, associate professor at the academy who, who printed that used the word oppression within the first portion of her her article in the Washington Post. And if anyone has read Delgado's book or looked into critical race theory, the words repression and, and regression are common themes in this. And she can talk about all she wants about inclusion, humanity, equality. But I think these are euphemisms really for a culture that has steeped in neo-Marxist ideology and also says that racism is permanently ingrained within the American culture. It cannot be solved and the system needs to be overthrown. This is deeply concerning and particularly if the academic establishment at the military academies are going along with this. So that's why the public and the military establishments needs to know what's going on behind the scenes. General uh, Bishop, thank you, Scott. Uh, completely agree with your comments, uh, and we want to talk about maybe again on another show those other examples. Uh, but General, where do we go from here? Um, stars, which is stars s t a r r s dot u s, is the group that has been formed to educate the American public on CRT and the Defense Department. Um, but w what is the cause of action? How how do we fight this? In your view? Let, let me take it from uh, a more strategic level and then come back to the academy. Mm -hmm. So um, just before getting on this podcast, uh, Scott and I were having a conversation uh, about kind of the, what we see as the vision of the future for STARS. 
And uh, Dr. Scott right now is going through an organizational mapping exercise because we have to push some of uh, what's happening down to probably a broader spectrum so we can, of, of people who will uh, actually take hold and run with the thing. Um, and that way we can uh, spread out and be much more effective. Um, I think um, at the strategic level, uh, I would say, first of all, Todd, thanks so much to you. The strategic level in our mind is the American populace uh, Congress. Uh, and you have been an instrumental piece in helping us get the word out. And we very much appreciate that. And you can see, if you just look over the last couple of months, I mean, we are at STARS are not taking anywhere near, um, you know, the any, any close to being the entire credit for the national dialogue that's happening on CRT, but we know we have played a, a part. Uh, the, the conversations and the relationships that we've struck with uh, key members of Congress, we've all seen Senator Cotton uh, almost nightly on TV speaking up against this um, <clears throat> poisonous ideology. Uh, that uh, The fact that we've been a part of his team basically since last October, we've seen paid, paid dividends. Um, you know, we, we started, I think, the conversations that we've had with his MLA gave them the idea to, uh, hey, let's start a whistleblower website because we had, as you know, <laughs> started to collect our own uh, website. So I think, you know, all of this is coming together at the strategic level. At the operational level, um, which we consider to be the Department of Defense, I have asked people how could we have been more effective over the last several weeks with the testimonies of Austin, General Austin, now Secretary Austin, and General Milley. I mean, that we've, we have definitely made an impact there with the questions we've asked. And it's interesting when you communicate with somebody to see people re, uh, kind of say the same thing on prime time. So we've raised this to the Department of Defense level uh, way better than I could have ever imagined. So now let's get down to the tactical level, which we consider uh, to be the academies, but the other accession sources, and not just officer accession sources, but how about the young minds uh, of the accession sources that are in processing our sailors, airmen, Marines, and soldiers? How, how do we get out to them? What's being taught at, at those levels? What's being taught in ROTC? Yes. Um, so as we formulate a more structured organization, we hope to be able to take those on. I think you were the one early on, Todd, I, I believe last November, that said, you know, wouldn't it be nice to form somewhat of, a, uh, of an organization loosely tied together with other service academies? Well, you see, we have Tom here on, uh, on the, this video with us. And, you know, I think we're manifesting that, that vision that you had. Uh, so now let's take it straight to the academy. <clears throat> I think uh, I've sent all of you, the you know, which was kind of shot one across our bow or across the General Park's bow rather, uh, in terms of uh, what that uh, article um, is going to produce at the national level. I think, you know, Rich, why are we, General Park? Why are we still doing this? And so I'm yeah. going to follow that up with today. Here, here's another thing that I think we need to. Do more of is we have a number of black members and the next 
letter that you'll see from me going to General Clark is a letter that our black board of directors member sent to me this morning. So I, I think when it's coming from people of the same community and his, his letter, I read aloud to my wife and she goes, wow, that is really moving. Mm -hmm. So if we can, I don't want to use the word use, but if, if we can get our um, black population and our, our women more involved, I think the message will uh, spread to a wider audience because, I mean, look at the four of us. We're, you know, yeah. we're old white men sitting here. So that's certainly one thing we want to do. Another thing that we have in formation right now uh, that Ron Scott, Mike Rose, and I are working on is starting a, our own academy affinity group. And our target group is every single graduate who believes in the Declaration and, and the Constitution. So we're calling the group Be Pluribus Unum. You know, come, you, unity is much better than divisiveness. Come and be a part of our group. And I think then the AOG is actually going to be in a position of trying to help us. Now, I understand the AOG, as Mike Gould told me yesterday, gets probably not quite as many, but gets a lot of. Um, people uh, weighing in with them who feel like critical race theory should be taught. Um, so we probably won't get the entire graduate population in our infinity group, but we're sure going to uh, uh, go after them. You may have heard of the organization, Todd. I don't know if you and Kendall Qualls ever connected, but I mean, here's a black man who has stood up a nonprofit to, um, to essentially educate the black community that, hey, it's up to us to kind of take charge of our own future. And uh, he's on our board of advisors and says, any way I can help you. You can see we've reached out to the incoming class because as I've told the parents of the incoming class, we're only as good as the information that we get as to what's going on. And as Tom said earlier, it's tough to get that information. Yeah. So those are a number of things that um, we have uh, kind of in the works. Um, I think we've made some progress. Uh, I mean, General Clark has gone from, uh, I believe, in the message of the Black Lives Matter video to an email he sent me on the 4th of July says, that said, I, I think I understand your position. And if you've read the email I sent him last night, it's hopefully we can move, eliminate that word think. Uh, yeah. This is way more than my position. This yeah. should be the position of anybody who loves our country, uh, who loves our military, who believes in cohesiveness and unity and not divisiveness. Tom, uh, several years ago when we were having all these ship uh, rammings in the Pacific with U.S. naval vessels, I couldn't help think at the time that there was a leadership problem and that there was something was wrong uh, in how the Navy was operating and I couldn't help think back to the training and, and possibly, you know, pushing social justice instead of how to stop ramming ships in the middle of the night. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Where is the Navy at this point? We're in the Pacific and uh, we've possibly got a fight on our hands. I mean, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I think uh, any distraction from the mission of the service academies, and I look at the service academies as a link in the chain, yes. so to speak. Yeah. You have the best and brightest high school kids that want to make a difference in their life. You have the service academies developing leaders, and you have the active duty and then alumni retired group. It's a it's one big huge family of people with like minded thoughts. We think, you yeah. know, now we're finding that maybe it's not all like minded thoughts. Um, that that um, you know, time time spent away from 
teaching and inculcating the basic mission that's always been there is important to all of us. You know, I, I want the Naval Academy and the Air Force Academy and West Point to be the premier institutions in the U.S. for developing the future leaders, not just in the military, but in government and in industry. And they, and that's sort of the track record of the service academy. So are, are we losing that with the lack of focus? Are we losing that with the division-oriented you know, curricula or, or culture, maybe a better word, because I don't know exactly what the curricula is. I, I don't know. The group I'm with um, is is absolutely right around the Constitution and the oaths we took when we went in, and, and I think all of us are, and all of us that think like that are. But I, I sense there's other things now that are influencing where we're trying to go, including that there was an early spat of information about a new oath that people were going to take. Mm -hmm. and, and I actually saw a... Um, a video of the West Point uh, oath for all the incoming plebes. I don't know if you saw that on YouTube, but mm -hmm. there's words in there that are definitely were not in the oath that I took. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's been some there's been some infiltration, if you will. I, I think the other thing that gets confused is there's a difference between studying an ideology that you may be called on someday to mount an attack against or to be uh, to lead a, an issue against versus indoctrinating people in that ideology yes it's a, it's a it's almost like the words matter thing you know i mean yeah you have to understand what's actually happening is is it being are people being indoctrinated or are we studying it to get a military advantage sometime in the future that got yeah. confused with this testimony that was going on last week i think by the guys at the top you know my group is uh we've set up a web page now we're going to link it to rods uh we've mm. got a facebook page we plan to now just start to expand the awareness circle. You know, yep. a lot of a lot of what's going on right now, and it's very frustrating to me, is people are not aware of what's yeah. happening. You know, even people that recently were in charge of the service academies. I've talked to several superintendents from two or three or four ago. That yeah, we've heard some of that, but we're not. You know, we're we're retired now. We're not really in into trying to influence that that's somebody else's job now those kind of those kind of responses come back which are very concerning i think to, to all of us we, we're we're more emotionally involved in this whole initiative i think than a lot of people that should be involved um and it's difficult to get that group energized you know so so we're we're trying to do what rod described we're trying to do the strategic side of how do we fit in how does the naval academy fit in how does it fit in with the sister service academies and how does that fit in with the bigger military how do we get congressional interest in trying to, to work some of these issues? Um, and then the tactical side, how do we expand the circle? How do we get, how do we get more Naval Academy people involved? Uh, yeah. I, I did get, I got a call from one of Rod's guys yesterday. He said that there, there's a, there are a lot of Navy people signing up for stars. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. yep. They probably don't probably are not aware that we're in a parallel act and we'll link our stuff together and then we'll grow the community of interest, you know? So, um, I think forming an academy affinity group is also important. We're looking at how do we do that. The, you know, mm. even, even if you look at the communication medium inside the academy, the, all the companies from my class have communicators that come up to a class head who's part of the overall academy communication. And, and the purpose of that is to flow down and flow up what's happening at the Naval Academy and, and what are some concerns that you have as a graduate. That channel has been somewhat clogged. You know, we're starting to try to open that up and get some honest feedback going back and forth. If somebody wants to tell me I'm wrong or we're wrong in our initiative, I'm happy to listen to it. But so far, nobody's told me that. 
Uh, thank you, uh, Tom. Um, Scott, uh, one of the issues is kind of recurring is that grads are not stepping up as much as they should. How do we get you're, you're in the you were a practicing position for decades, uh, left the military a long time ago. How do we get people who may that connection may be old? How do we get them energized and involved? Uh, Todd, I think it's through word of mouth initially trying to identify important, critical people in each class. Uh, there may be a possibility to do this through the class presidents at uh, West Point, at uh, Annapolis and the Air Force Academy. Sometimes they have different communication avenues that maybe some of the more traditional routes do. Uh, also, we also have to go ahead and, and get support from our Association of Graduates to do this. You know, this is sort of an interesting day because this is the day that the Declaration of Independence was first read publicly uh, to the United States. It's also the day where the National Teachers Association has gone full on as far as supporting uh, critical race theory. So these young men and women who are going to attend academies are going to be subjected to this type of propaganda by the time they enter Annapolis, West Point, or the Air Force Academy. So this is an important message to try to get out to our classmates. Uh, the STARS newsletter has really become an excellent format. The quality is, uh, is absolutely superb. So I think our window to the world is something that we should be proud of, and we should use that, encourage people to sign up for it, get other people to go ahead and get the newsletter as, as they, they can. So that, that, that's our task, is to get the message out, because we have a strong message. We have a message that most Americans agree with. And we should never realize that, uh, that or think that uh, we're in the minority when it comes to this. I completely agree. Uh, well, that's we're approaching a half hour. I, I'd like to make this recurring over time. But does anybody else have anything else they want to get out there before we shut this down today? Anyone? Todd, I, I would just say you, you, you brought to the table here two of uh, the most powerful people, i.e. Scott and Tom, because uh, they are two of the best writers I've ever seen. Uh, and, you know, this, um, uh, Scott, Scott just said that this is the anniversary of a, the signing of the Declaration or the first time the Declaration of Independence was read. It's also the anniversary that we first became aware of the Black Lives Matter video. So we've been at this exactly a year today. And uh, it is impressive, I think, looking back uh, on how much progress this group of people have made. But we need people like Scott and Tom that, that can write so pithy. I mean, I, I love the way Tom can put, I mean, here's some of the words that Tom's put together. Words are the new battlefield. Uh, the social fabric yes. has been infected by malware. It's the fight is not over there. It's right here. I mean, those are thoughts that capture the the minds of people who are unaware, and and that's what we need to do. With, uh, uh, I think in the future. Otherwise, we're going to be sitting there saying, "Who's going to defend us?" Because as Matt yep. pointed out in his book, uh, retention is probably going to hurt. And I've had more than one cadet tell me, I'm telling my friends, don't come to the Air Force again. And that breaks my heart. So we, we've got to get out there and spread the word. Thanks for helping us do that. Yeah, my thanks. Well, too. thank you guys. We had a little bit of.
Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. What's that? I was going to say my, my thanks too, Todd. I think you, you know, you and the other voices that are carrying the message are, are important because you're the megaphone that takes what we're trying to do and makes it a bigger, puts on a bigger stage. So thank you for all you're doing. Well, thank you guys. We'll do this again uh, at some point in the future, but uh, we've had a little connection problems. If there's any issues, we'll just edit it out. But uh, thank you again, and we'll be in touch soon. Take okay. care. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Okay.